Welcome back. My name is Kit Laser. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Today we're covering The Fifth Element. Oh my. As chosen by uh, a beloved patron of the podcast. Very beloved. Enza. Enza. What's up, girl? For those of you who don't know, we've said this many times, but Enza is somewhat of a celebrity in the Streaming Things fan community, as she should be. Mm -hmm. uh, because she was one of two patrons at one point. And, she uh, literally, this is a fact, she was the only person listening to us on Spotify for like a year. Yeah. Because we had the data and we had one listener downloading our shows from Spotify and that listener came from Belgium. It has to be Enza. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. She's holding down Belgium for us. Uh, yeah. Back when there was probably 150 people listening to our show weekly uh, for a long time. We did this show to 150 people for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, just steadfast us. <laughs> and it was Enza. Um, and uh, we cannot thank her enough. Enza is a, yeah. a, a, a I would uh, dare to call her a friend. I absolutely would call her a friend. Yeah. Um, she, We've gotten to know her a couple of times. I, she, I interviewed her for one of the bonus episodes you can get on Patreon. You can actually hear Enza. Uh, if you are on Discord, she is a Discord moderator for us on yes. on there now. She she's killing it. She's she's repping streaming things like no one else. When uh, my daughter was born, she sent me uh, clothes and toys for mm -hmm. my baby, mm -hmm. and it was her favorite, the dragon, for a long time. Because um, babies are, you know, their attention spans very short. But love ends at a death. Even bigger dragon. <laughs> yeah, I think right now it's like a fake cell phone. Because she's always trying to grab my phone, oh, so I yeah. gave her a, a baby toy cell phone. She's got a lot of people to call. She mostly enjoys things that aren't toys that aren't. She's not supposed to have, and she gets like TV remotes, cell phones, car keys. Give me those, Daddy. Please and thank you. And then you. I'm like, no, and she's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the fifth element. Um, We'll talk about our overall history with the film, and then and talk about it's, the, the it's text so, itself. It's so funny that Enza, a person who famously dislikes the french yes picked a movie a directed movie. by the french mm -hmm. and also it's not a hollywood film it's a french film it's a french film yeah yeah uh, and a very controversial french figure we'll just talk about it lightly because it's gross but uh luke Besson, um weird guy you know and in fact learning things about him because the professional uh or leon the professional is the real title uh and the fifth element favorite movies of mine that i watched dozens of times as a kid and, you know, learning things about him and things that he tried to put into the movie, not not fun, you know, ruined the professional for me forever. Um, Gary Oldman's two of his most iconic performances in these movies. But The Fifth Element, I think, does hold up. Uh, I think it's a, a landmark science fiction work. And watching it this time, I was thinking a lot about, and Steve, you'll like this. I think I think it's safe to say Star Wars was the earliest example of, like, dirty sci-fi you know, realistic, gritty, where the machines were used and worn and rusty. Uh, things didn't just look so clean and pristine. You know, that was kind of Lucas's contribution to sci-fi. Prior to that, it was all polished metal and, you know what I mean? Like everything was clean and mm -hmm. starched suits. Um, but it's only the villains in Star Wars that look that way. So I, yes, I, that is true. But I always, the, the dirty, grimy, working class sci-fi, I always attribute to uh, Alien. But I guess Alien was two years after A New Hope came out. Oh, yeah. Alien was, what, 79? 79, I think you're right. 79, yeah. Yeah, I think Alien is another one for sure. That's another Ridley Scott did a great job of truckers in space was his idea for Alien, like actual working class space people, mm -hmm. sure. And I think 
fifth element is in that tradition though, you know? Um, oh, for sure. I actually, one of my biggest takeaway from this movie is I miss the days when sci-fi movies could be gross and dirty. Like this is New York, but in with flying cars, like, yeah. it's just, gr- it can be grimy and gross and like, it, it feels lived in yeah, in a way that a lot of stuff your, I don't. You've got your Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Love um, Blade Runner. I think you would. Th- you could even throw, of course, like Total Recall into this. Like you know, your RoboCop, RoboCop, all the Verhoeven stuff. Um, uh, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is we, my favorite kind of sci-fi. Yeah, same. It, it just there's something about it that feels more lived in and authentic. Whereas, like, I love a good clean you know, futuristic sci-fi look aesthetic. I think that's a cool aesthetic, but I think we get so much of that by default. And that would be your, like these your dirty ones. 2001, maybe? Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, like uh, Gravity. I'm thinking of like, there's that, was that Oblivion, the Tom Cruise movie? Oblivion is very sleek lines. Are, are you going to go full Elysium right now? <laughs> oh, another oh, dirty sci-fi? Oh, that's a dirty sci-fi is Elysium. District 9. District 9. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love dirty sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. Dirty fi Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this movie, uh, The Fifth Element from Luc Besson, Luc Besson. Uh, the most Croissant. expensive European film ever made at the time and the highest grossing French film ever until The Untouchables came out in 2011. Oh, really? Fun fact. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know it had that much staying power at that. Pretty, w- pretty well reviewed, but also pretty highly made fun of at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it won a lot of like, you know, Caesar awards, Cannes film festival awards, but also golden raspberries, mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, what is an interesting movie in the fact that like, it's really well made. Uh, there's some great acting in it. Some great, uh, the act, the cast is amazing. Yeah. I think Bruce Willis is the best choice uh, by a mile for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the world is fully realized, but there is some like very silly shtick happening in there like yes the like man- the mangalores is that what they're called the the bad aliens that are in this mm-hmm. they 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 look like uh power ranger villains of the week like you the red ranger could come in and start punching one of them and it would not look out of place and then chris tucker's whole character uh i love ruby rod what are you talking about yeah but i'm saying that's goofy <laughs> it is, yeah well, it is goofy the costume design was done by jean paul godier did you know that no i did not mm-hmm. fascinating so it is a it's a silly movie there's some like really ridiculous like product placement in this movie there's there are some jokes that have not aged over time like because it was a different era um but i think overall the thing that this movie has so much is charm and uh i found this little tidbit out before we get to the deep dive is that uh luke besson wrote the original screenplay to this movie when he was in high school he was 16 yeah yeah so he conceived of the story and invented the world um, when he was 16 and he, and it didn't come to theaters until he was 38. So he had been sitting on this idea for like 20 years before he started making it in like a full scale rule. But like this movie does speak to like, Hey, if you were to give like millions of dollars in like professional film equipment to a 16 year old, what kind of silly space sci-fi movie would they make? It's this movie. Yeah. And I think that's why so much of the charm that exists in it is so everlasting. And a lot of people really, um, uh, feel that way about it. Absolutely. Um, like I said, I mean, I watched this dozens of times as a kid and it was, I had, it's been a while and I loved revisiting it today. Uh, it, it's interesting how the, like, I'm trying to like deconstruct the elements of it that work. And then obviously it's got the mummy vibe at the beginning, uh, which came out the same year. Uh, but the, like Lilu's character, Mila Jovovich, 
she's basically a female Tarzan. It's kind of reverse Tarzan in a way. Like you get oh, this, yeah. this language bar- barrier um, and he's immediately smitten with her. Uh, Corbin Dallas is. Everybody is. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and <laughs> perfect, I. Perfect. Perfect. Mila Jovovich. I was, I was smitten with her as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like this, this carried me through like four Resident Evil movies. My crush on Mila Jovovich. <laughs> and I like convinced myself I loved them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um she was great, you know, at the time. Uh, I haven't seen her in a while. I'm sure she's still great. I'm sure she's a good person, but I just mean like it's very 90s uh, actor to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like like you said, this is really the kind of kickoff to her mainstream appeal in her career, mm-hmm. I think. And then multi-pass. Yeah, this you, is her multi-pass. Yeah. Corbin Dallas multi-pass. <laughs> uh, and then like the whole, like you said, the Resident Evil kind of carries her for a long time. But that's like the, the zenith of her career of those movies. And it begins here with this one. Great action star. Uh, great presence and, and a really solid performance in this movie. Um, like when they first like rebuild her and she, she wakes up, it's convincing. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's a, what a 5,000 year old entity that has some catching up to do on society. And yep. Yep. Speaking an old language. And I just love it when movies aren't afraid to be a little silly with yeah. their concept. Like the alien designs, I kind of mentioned before the Mangalores are ridiculous, but even the other ones I can't, even begin to try to pronounce the the the, the ancients. Um, um, they look so weird. The Mon- the Montesuans, I think. Yeah, they, they're like just these big hulk. They're turtles, turtle things with like tiny itty bitty heads. They're so goofy because like, it, it always makes like a, me laugh when yeah. he's trying to like beat the door closing at the beginning, and the guy's like, "Hurry up!" And he's like, "I can't." I'm sorry, man. I'm just there's no way this is going to happen. I don't understand <laughs> why that scene happens, but I'm assuming we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but a lot of classic, like, people that are in, like, he's in Escape from New York, brought, like, Brian James, um, Luke fucking oh, Perry's in this. Brian James, that's the that's the the turtle on his back replicant from Blade Runner. Like, why can't I save the turtle? Yeah. <laughs> Every time that guy pops up in the movie, I get so happy to see that he's successful. Yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, Gary Oldman, of course. Ian Holm. Gary Oldman in this movie is... is- He's making some choices. He he's, he's leaning into them. He's chewing some and scenery. He's crushing it. What's well, like uh, his in the professional? He did the same thing, like with those pills that he would take. Everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now he's just like, I'm gonna be a Southern Belle. <laughs> yeah. I love him so much. Yes. Oh, he, dear aliens, why don't you meet me in the cotillion? <laughs> he does. He gives no fucks. I love him so. And Ian Holm is in this. I adore Ian Holm. Anytime he pops up in anything. Wasn't he like, I was doing the math earlier. I, I didn't, I'm bad at math. He was like 40 in Alien, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't that old in Alien. Let's see, he was, well, he was born in 31. So yeah, yeah he would have been, yeah, like in his 40s. That's crazy. Because he yeah. was in fucking, he, he, didn't, he didn't pass away till like a, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm 34. So they imagine like, my big break hasn't happened yet, which would be cool. That would be same. But I then agree. like 50 years from now, everybody's like, oh, he just died. Kit Laser just died. And, be- and and they're not just like, oh, man, remember him and that thing that made you big? Yeah. They're naming like all the other things that you just were awesome in. Like yes. Lord of the Rings and this. And- he was so old. He felt like butter scraped over too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> they had to hide him in Rivendell because... Uh- <laughs> Why shouldn't I keep it when they were talking about his Oscar? <laughs> oh, by the way, Tom Lister Jr. 
Yeah, Tom As Lister Jr. They they made Debo the president. <laughs> Debo. I can assume he took it. Uh, <laughs> this is the the good. He's also the 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 the, the good um, inmate in the Dark Knight. Remember when, oh, they're, yeah. when they're doing the 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 bombs on the two ships? He's the one's like, give me the give me the trigger. I'll do what has to be done, and he throws it out the window. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and of course we got Chris Tucker, who is imagine the other guy from Friday. Like think of Chris Tucker. If he snorted a bunch of Adderall and also ate all the fun dip. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is the most Chris Tucker that ever Chris Tucker. No, and this was my introduction to him as a kid. Can you oh imagine? boy. I'm like, Ruby Rod is with Jackie Chan. What's going on right Holy now? Holy shit. He's kind of chilled out. Damn. <laughs> he ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. He's a normal guy. And of course, I love how Luke Perry gets top billing in this movie, but he's in the first two minutes. Like very briefly. <laughs> Who does? Luke Perry. Oh, I know. Well, at the time he was hot shit. Oh, at the time he's probably maybe the biggest star in this movie other than Bruce Willis. Right. <laughs> and he's just. Like, he's, the, he's literally in the first two minutes of the movie he's just as the a dude nothing. That causes the death of a turtle man for no reason. Yeah. He's he's the he's the professor's assistant. <laughs> he's like drawing. And they're not even good drawings. No. no. He's got graphite and he's just like frantically drawing when the, when the aliens show up. Ah. <laughs> and it's like a shit. I could draw that. Yeah. He's, he's no uh, Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. He can draw on the top drop of a hat. Uh, yeah. And then you got a bunch of other character actors that pop up in a ton of shit like Lee Evans and Charlie Creed Miles. There's a uh, John Neville. There's a ton of them. Tricky's in this, which... Uh, the video game about snowboarding? Tricky. No, he, <laughs> he's the dude that plays um, uh, Gary Oldman's like right hand man. He's literally yes. called right arm. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that so that guy Tricky actually does a lot. He's a he's a recording artist, but he uh, he did a very he actually composed a pretty famous score. Uh, oh, he was in the he was in the soundtrack for like Face Off and Virtuosity. You remember those movies? Yes. Loved virtuosity. virtuosity. You ever seen Multiplicity? Oh yeah, with Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, it's a classic. VHS. <laughs> it's a VHS wonder. So great cast. This movie has an amazing cast. But you said, you know, this movie's not afraid to be silly, um, and it reminded me. I was listening to Blank Check the other day. Are, are you a fan of their podcast? Do you ever check them out? Yeah, they're fine. I don't really listen to them, but yeah, they're fine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> way more successful than us. Yeah, <laughs> barely. Uh, but they were talking about sunshine. I was listening to it because I, I was searching for Danny Boyle's sunshine podcast. Great, great movie. I, I think I'm the only one that loves the third act on the planet other than maybe you. Oh, uh, is that the, the, when it becomes a serial killer? Yeah. I don't like that third act. Yeah. Most people don't. Yeah. I think I'm the only one on the planet that I love. I love the movie from start to finish, but they were talking about that movie and they said that Danny Boyle specifically had a certain aesthetic he was going for. He wanted to have like uh, dirty sci-fi like alien is the way he put it, you know, the workers in space. But also uh, he's like, I, you know, Danny boy wanted to be very careful. He's like, I can't do effective. Uh, I forget how, what he called it, but essentially like goofy sci-fi, like, you know, Luke Besson can, I just, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to pull up, pull that off. I don't want that to be that at all. You know, and it just had me thinking about that. And the fact that you said that just reminded me of that, you know, there's, this movie pulls off and total recall is kind of goofy as shit, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like Paul Verhoeven is definitely one that can do that. Yeah. So I always, and this might, and correct me if I, if you think this is unfair, I always thought, and I mean, this is going to sound like an insult, but it's not. I always thought Luke Besson as like, if you ordered Paul Verhoeven on wish.com, 
That's fair. Uh, I think Paul Verhoeven is definitely a much more talented auteur. Like his movies seem to have a lot more depth to them despite being silly at times. Sure. Whereas Luc Besson seems very much service level. Like this is just, I'm a 16 year old making a sci-fi romp. Yeah. Like uh, 20 years later, people take Paul Verhoeven movies and they're like, actually, holy shit. You know, yeah. is so, showgirls good. Hold on. Uh, I, this blew my mind. Actually. Is it here? Um, I was looking up, I, I, you know, I always, whenever I watch these movies, I, I pull up IMDb and I saw that Starship Troopers, Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers has a 7.3 on IMDb, which I thought was really, really high. But then it it's rated higher than Independence Day. Independence Day has a seven on IMDb. And I just thought that was like, I dig I, it. I, I think that speaks to what you're saying is like when Starship Troopers came out, everyone's like, oh, that movie's stupid. It's trash. But then 20 years on, people are like, wait a minute, that's actually really smart and prescient. Yeah, it's about fascism. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just a dumb bug movie. Yeah. And Paul Verhoeven like knows that. Like he's used to it. He's like, 20 years from now. Let's imagine. How, I imagine he talks like that. Is he like a, a more tired uh, uh, Werner Herzog? Yeah. <laughs> I am. Well, he's, he's like Dutch, isn't he? Something. I, I don't mind nudity in my culture. I am Paul Verhoeven. I have nudity for breakfast. I leave it swinging. <laughs> well, I was reading about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about the time in the scene, the co-ed shower scene in um, Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers, which is like infamous because in America we're prudes. Oh, no nudity and they're ah. opposite genders are showering together. Boobs and dicks. With no sex. <laughs> yeah. He got naked because the, all the cast was like, if we're going to do it, we want you to be naked. And he was like, that's just fine. I don't care. I'm already naked. I, <laughs> <laughs> and the cinematographer who grew up in a nudist colony was like, sure. Uh, Best day of work ever. <laughs> <laughs> so they all shot that scene with everybody naked. I thought that was funny. Uh, I don't know how great. I got on this tangent. I've been researching movie stuff all day, but Fifth Element, baby. Yeah, Fifth Element. You want to get down into the, the scene by scene recap? Let's do it. You take the lead. Bone yeah, Daddy. I'm going to take the lead on this one. So we start off. It's spooky space music. There's rocks going on. You get the Fifth Element title. But we land on Earth. Earth. Uh, Earth. Welcome to Earth. We get a big giant alien spaceship appears. It's dark. It's spooky. It's scary. What's There's going camels. on? There's donkeys. Yeah, and we end up and we're in uh, Egypt, 1914. Mm. Uh, we follow a young child who seemingly has brought like uh, water and stuff for the group. Sustenance. And he runs in and we see uh, a professor and he's reading some hieroglyphics. Uh, his assistant, played by Luke Perry, is jotting down <laughs> notes and they keep yelling at their, the boy, the 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 light boy. Aziz, Aziz light. Aziz, light. Because Aziz is, you know, he's properly bored of the shit and he keeps falling asleep and the light keeps going out. And Luke Perry is tallying how many times he says Aziz light. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently this happens. Which is high. Quite often. It's like 12. Uh, but yeah, he's, 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 he's reading these hieroglyphics. Uh, a priest shows up. And you get the idea that the priest is like guarding the secret that this temple kind of holds. Uh, he's he's planning on sort of poisoning the... Forgive me, Lord. Yeah, forgive me, Lord. They're, they already know too much. Yeah. Uh, but the professor's kind of seeing these symbols like, oh, we got water, we got air, we got fire, we got earth. Uh, all surrounded this central figure, maybe an avatar. Maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> some fifth, fifth element. element? The four elements surrounding a fifth one. And they looked at the camera. It's like a battle plan. You, this is a weapon to be used against evil. He's the, the professor is sure of it. You know, you put these He's smart these four elements around the fifth, and it creates a, a weapon that will destroy the ultimate evil. 
Uh, He's the, spot on. He, he nailed it, right? He, this is a very smart guy. I don't yeah. know why he had to die. Uh, the 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 priest is like, oh, well, hey, let us let us toast to you. And he's like, I'm going to be famous. Well, let's toast to your fame. And he gives them the poisoned water. And the professor's like, no, 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 no. You don't toast with water. Uh, Luke Perry, go get the grappa. Um, do you know what grappa is? I'm assuming it's wine. Like- it's, a, it's a brandy. Ah, I actually I had to look it up because I I assumed it was wine too. Yeah, grape grappa, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but they're here. I um, grappa ass. I grappa dad ass. <laughs> <laughs> they're here. The alien spaceship we saw before is landing, and it is enormous. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And there's a portentous camel. It goes before the ship comes down. <laughs> was that your camel? That's pretty good. A portentous camel. Pretty yeah. good. Uh, so the the aliens turn on their lights, which kind of simulate. The light that the professor's, there's a funny little beat where he's like, Aziz, light. And then the alien lights turn on. He's like, oh, thanks. This is great. This is perfect. This, yeah. It's the brightest you've ever gotten at Aziz. Uh, Billy's freaked out. Um, he, The aliens start kind of trudging through their ramp. They're coming down the halls. They're, again, they're, what, what did you call them again? Turtle man. Turtle man. They're just big hulking turtles with tiny heads. They're pretty opulent. It looks like their armor's made of gold and stuff. Um, they, they shuffle down. Billy's freaked out. He's drawing them because no one's going to believe them, right? And uh, when the professor finally turns around and sees these big hulking turtle people, his first words are, are you German? (laughs) Which is pretty good. This is right around the First World War, right? So Uh, It's knocking on the doorstep of the First World War. Yeah. yeah. Franz Ferdinand's still walking right now. And the Germans are very industrious people. Like, if you're going to see big hulking turtle metal armored dudes, uh, one can understand. Are you German? (laughs) Because we know that we know the French ain't doing that. Um. So eventually, <laughs> uh, they're, they're here. They knock. They, so they knock out the doc. Well, I thought they knocked the doctor out. Like, I think they did because it's Billy that thinks he's dead. Yeah. And he's panicking. He doesn't know. But we so, don't ever get confirmed that the doctor's alive. 300 years later. That's I true. Like my cannon, he wakes up. Oh, my God. That grappa hit me hard. That grappa. Oh, boy. I need, to, <laughs> I need to reevaluate my life. Mm-hmm. Why uh, is there a finger sticking out of here? <laughs> But they say that the stones are no longer safe on Earth. So they open up this door. It leads to a big chamber where all the stones are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they begin taking him. And the, and the priest is like, oh, what do you want me to do? What are you doing? Uh, at this point, Billy pulls out a Luger. Billy! <laughs> he's ready to... to he, he's I don't know. He, like, he's grabbed his, his he must have chugged some grappa and grabbed his courage. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's weird to go from drawing a thing mm-hmm. and then pulling out... Billy's got a gat now. Yeah, he does. Uh and the, the priest is worried. He's like, hey, if you take the stones, we're going to be unprotected from the evil. And the and the head alien's like, hey, and don't worry. In 300 years when the evil returns, so shall we. Yeah, we'll be back. Don't uh, worry about it. It's then that Billy draws out the gun and he starts shooting. He hits the the one, the, the well, lead alien. he trips and causes him to shoot. He oh, that's it. true. He's yeah. just a scared boy. Yeah, that's true. Um, and when he when he shoots, not only does it hit the, the lead alien, it kind of hits some sort of thing on the door so the door is now closing i guess yeah i don't understand why and why couldn't he just open it again why did he like crush his finger why didn't he just say just go get frank yeah go go knock on the door and get frank he he knows doors am i the only one with the finger key is that what it is i'm the only one with the finger key fuck shit here's the finger key (laughs) put go ahead and put it in yeah he wanted him to put it back in and get him out probably and dude just took it and put it on a necklace like 
All right, I'll yeah, keep his, it safe. His hand is smashing that door like, oh, shit. Okay, he's going to open that door any second. Okay. <laughs> he probably couldn't find the crack wow, to put the key in. This really hurts. Okay, he's going to open that up any fucking it's second. It's so comedic because if he wasn't a turtle man, he could have just walked out. Because the <laughs> yeah, door is not going fast. Yeah, there's a big, long hallway. The door is slowly closing. The priest is like, hurry up, come on. And the, the lead alien's like, hey, uh, I'm not going to make it. And like, <laughs> I, this is the one speed I go, okay? You think I'm with a slow their advanced alien. alien technology, they would have put like, Wheelies. wheelies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. Just, Put some wheelies just on their in shoes. that situation. They probably did invent those, but then one of them fell over and just like starved to death because they're also turtles. Oh, no. Can't get off my back. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, a. Yeah, he gives the priest a key and the priest is like, I, I'm, I will pass on my knowledge until you return. We're going to have this order that keeps the secret safe. Yeah. Right? Pass on the knowledge for the priests. To Chris. Holmes future is now man it's now the future 300 years later 300 years later 2214 uh what, what are they called the 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 federated territories territories yeah yep. 200 billion citizens that debo's president of damn that's a lot of citizens mm-hmm. uh but they're in their ship they kind of see this anomaly right it looks like a like a dark sun or planet type it's kind of like was it a nebula kind of it, it looks it's like fiery. Star. yeah it looks fiery you don't want to be you don't want to touch it it's gonna be no. hot for sure um, and they're shooting probes <laughs> at it. They don't know what it's for, but they're calling the president of the Federated Territories, played by none other than Tom Lister Jr. Uh, president Lindbergh is the actual name. I did not know that was a president's name. Thank you, IMDb. Uh, and Ian Holm is there. He's acting as some sort of like concierge or like helper or not concierge, but like a, what do you call that? Ass- assistant? Not yeah. assistant, but like he he knows stuff. He's, yeah. he's like, hey, I have some consultant. Consultant. Thank you. That's the word I'm thinking of. Um. And he's saying like, hey, this thing is pure evil. Um, you don't want to do anything about this. I'm I'm Cornelius and the priest. I'm an expert of astral phenomenon. Uh, it, it You cannot identify it because it chooses not to be. And he's got the elements like belt buckle. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's repping that shit. He's got the he's got it. He's got the riz. But then, no, uh, Brian James is like, ah, we're going to shoot it. I love shooting shit. Well, it's not. Uh, it's not Brian James. It's the it's the older one. The, the, yeah. the one that gets killed. I, you know what I do when I get scared? I shoot. It's uh, General Steddert. There we go. Yeah, General Steddert's like, uh, my, I, Mr. President, I suggest we nuke it. And Cornelius like, hey, don't nuke it. It's only going to make it stronger. So they send three nukes at it. The planet increases. And they're like, Steddert, what's going on? I was like, oh, we're about to kill it, sir. And then they launch like 40 nukes at it. <laughs> and it just gets even bigger and bigger. And did you think that it was like psychically connecting with him because there's a shot where like there's this red light glowing around Steddard's eyes and everything's yeah that and he's like foreheads dripping blood yeah notice that and he looks all freaked out so you think that he that the the anomaly is kind of taking control of him so he can't move he's immobile and there's like a skull in the flames yeah it's a little on the nose yeah it blows up the the ship that he's on skull in the flame (gasps) corbin dallas wakes up it's bruce willis himself new york is still the center of the world Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm 200 years later. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned at the top, Bruce Willis uh, perfectly cast as Corbin Dallas. Yeah, this is just John McClane in space. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if this, if if you remove John McClane from the space movie and put any other person in the space movie, it's nowhere near as good. Maybe Ryan Gosling, if he made it today. <laughs> the Goss? The Goss man. Are you, are you shitting me? Really? Are you doubting me? Blade Runner 2049 mixed with the nice guys, and you got the perfect star of the okay. Fifth Element remake. All right. Okay. I, I fuck with it. I'm, I'm not against it. In fact, I'm down. I'm fitting to call my agent right now. 
Because I already texted Tom earlier to tell him about bringing back Leah Sadie. <laughs> Tom, booby. Tom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he lives in a very tiny apartment. I love his apartment. How everything about it, like the fridge is beneath the shower and they like raise above each other. And hit when he gets out of bed, the bed like immediately is sucked into the wall where it is like self-cleaned, I guess. Yeah. And like wrapped in everything. Got to conserve um, space and, and space. Yeah, he's got like a little thing on the wall that's like you you get he's trying to quit smoking. It's like you get four cigarettes a day and like each cigarette has like is three fourths a filter, yeah. not actually a cigarette. Uh, but he starts calling. Is it fingers? Yes. On the phone with? So he's calling fingers. He's like, like his, his boss. boss. And, you know, they're kind of talking back and forth. And apparently we get from this conversation that Corbin Dallas has recently been divorced. It seems like his wife cheated on him and left him. And he's like, I just want to, I don't want just any woman. I want the perfect woman. Those like, don't exist, pal. But when he says it, yeah, he basically looks at the camera like, that's the plot of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we go, we going to find this perfect lady. Mm-hmm. She's gonna literally going to be built. From the She's ground got 200 up. billion DNA memes or whatever. <laughs> DNA memes? Memos. She, she's got all the can I has cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> she's got them all, baby. You got schemes on your phone. <laughs> uh, but he's listening... We see a little ad for uh, Welcome to Paradise with Ruby Rod. There's like a Gemini's Croquet contest uh, where you can enter the contest and win a trip with Ruby Rod uh, to where we don't know, but we probably will find out. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis has this adorable cat. It's really loving cat. It's very loving. It must have have needed to be fed. Not that I'm aware of. He just calls it like baby, right? Yeah. Fingers like, oh, yeah, I don't like it that much. Like, (laughs) talking to my cat, you loser. Hey, I'm Bruce Willis. but I, I, I love the shot three where... three years after Pulp Fiction, my career is just fucking taking it's off. It's taking off, man. I love the shot where he's leaving and he tells the cat, like, don't watch too much TV. It'll rot your brain. And the cat's, like, eyes are crossed. <laughs> yeah. And the TV's <laughs> shitty in the future. Dude, the, why is TV so shitty in the future? They couldn't imagine it being not shitty. It's the TV they had. That's you know? true. I mean, even, the, like, the, the, the TV and, like, RoboCop. It's just, it's just the TV from RoboCop. Yeah. It's, I'd buy that That's for a dollar. But like <laughs> once you get to like, um, I think Minority Report was the first movie sci-fi wise that I could think of that I was watching. And I was like, oh, my God, TV's going to be like that one day because, you know, the way that they do that holographic yeah. images and stuff, it looks crazy. I mean, Star Wars did that, but I mean, yeah, they, like, they had TVs that way. In Minor- Minority Report, famously, they hired like a whole team of futurologists to like actually try to come up with like how conceivably will technology advance? Yeah. Uh, they didn't want things to look out of place or like logistically, like what what's the future of cereal boxes? Oh, you would probably play an ad for your c- cereal on the front of the box. Stuff like that. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, before he can go out, there's this guy that's trying to mug him. who's like tweaking hard. So hard. <laughs> this, this dude. He's had way too many death sticks. Oh, man. He's chugging death sticks for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, he, Bruce Willis, this happens to us all the time. Corbin Dallas, he's like, hey, man, uh, I get it. You want to rob me? Cool. You might want to press that yellow button to load it. Which is not how you load it, to be correct, right? Yeah, to be clear. He, he's fucking with this dude. Yeah. Because he's so calm about it that he's making this tweaked out guy or second guess himself. And eventually it just leads to him like pulling the gun out of his hand. He's like, you mind if I hold on to this? No, not at all. Take it, man. Yeah, it's, it's yours, buddy. Yeah. And like this crate comes down from a ceiling with like 50 guns. And apparently this happens to him all the time. He's always getting mugged. And he's got a whole guns. fucking arm, armory now. But yeah. he comments on his goofy hat, too. 
Yeah, what's his hat? It's like a like a computer desktop that he's just got <sighs> taped onto a beanie. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a wild hat. I like your hat. Thanks. <laughs> you know what it sounds like? You know when Andy tries to do that impersonation of the little girl going, snacks. Snacks. That's this dude. It's yeah. just that Andy voice. <laughs> or like Pete Davidson at times is this guy. <laughs> kind of looks like Pete Davidson. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. He's, he's doing the Chad from You SNL. never love me, mom. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Skirt. Need that. Skirt that. Classic. Uh, but yeah, he gets into his cab. Corbin but, Dallas is a cab driver. But also, he—he, he, I don't. I think you did talk about how he used to be like a, a, a in the special forces, right? Oh, we haven't touched on it yet, but yeah, he has. Because in that conversation with fingers, he's talking about, hey, let's get back into the game, you know. So, and in the background, something I never noticed as a kid, he's got like a fucking medal of honor mm-hmm. on amongst many other trophies. There, he's got like a beret and yeah. everything. So he's a serious motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You buy it. He's Corbin Dallas, baby. Corbin Dallas. Uh, he has five points left on his license. He told Fingers, his boss, 50. He's like, I believe that. <laughs> in a way that said he did not He did not, in that. fact, believe that. Uh, but Cornelius is with the president. He's telling the president, you guys have 48 hours. The goal of this anomaly is to exterminate all life. And the only thing that can stop this is the, what is it, the Mandashawan? Yeah, it's like Matashuan is how they Mata pronounce Shuen. it different than it looks. So the, the turtle people, they're the only ones that can stop this. Yes. They've got the stones. They've got the fifth element. You need to call them. Uh, they produce the light of creation, and that's what stops evil. Uh, but if but if evil is standing in that spot where they do the ritual, then all of evil will spread across the yeah. world. So, Oppo. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so, of course, they're like, oh, this is easy. We'll call the Matashuan and... Yeah, they can come in our airspace, and we'd love to host them. So they let them in. I love how in space there's just these, like, things floating in space that are red, like a traffic sign, and the ship is parked out, and then the one goes green, like, oh, we can go now. And yeah, they, like, pass the, into it's space. traffic. Traffic for space. <laughs> they couldn't just, let me just go around that. <laughs> nope. Uh, but the, So the Manashuan craft uh, enters the, the airspace, but then these other alien fighters arrive, and it's the Mangalores. Led by Aknot. Led by Aknot. I love their cheap-ass targeting systems. It's very Star Wars-y. It, well, like, even Star Wars had, like, a, some sort of LED display, but they have, like, like a plastic see-through thing that just flips up. Oh, like it's literally, literally like a gun thing? Like yeah. A, um, it, what's it called? Little sights or something? Yeah, but there's a word for the, like, a... Crosshairs? Like a reticule, maybe. Reticule. I don't know. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like this cheap little like plastic thing that yes. it just flips My up. Nerf gun had one of those. It 100%. And but the yeah, these two Mangalore ships, they shoot down and uh crash the uh Mandashuan ship into another planet and seemingly all hope is lost. Um Yeah, Ian Holm, he's super sad. Yeah, he sits down, he's, he's very lost. He doesn't know what the, how can they stop the evil if the element and the stones have been destroyed. And it, it's frustrating even for the audience because you're like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? Yeah. With the plastic side head and the weird haircut and the ugly dudes that looks like um, one of the orcs from <laughs> the later Lord of the Rings. Like, the, what's his name? The, the pale orc. Oh, uh, I can't remember. He's got name. like a gimp arm and he's like, ah, and he, he kills a lot of Gondorians. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, the he, pale orc. he said it all sad. Like, yeah, he does. He it's does. real sad. It's really, it's a bomber. But then Rohan on, answered. So he, it was fine. Yeah, thank God Gondor called for aid. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Cornelius says something like, who would do such a thing? Smash cut to Mr. Zorg. 
He's in his office. He gets a call from Aknot who says like, hey, hey, buddy, we did it. We, I did it. My we, name sounds like Snot. Oh, we did the thing. We destroyed the, the other the good aliens. We did it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's very good. <laughs> Appreciate you. Because he's, he's just a Southern belle. Mm-hmm. I love him. But yeah, I love his look. He's got like his head is half shaved. So he's got like a big bang on one side. And then just a clear Tupperware bin like on <laughs> the side of his head yeah, on but the other What side. you don't know is that's fucking the style in 2214. I can't wait. Can that be the style now? You can try it. You put like a little invisible side yarmulke on your head and yes. then grow out the other side. Yes. Love it. I think you would rock that for real. Thanks, man. Maybe so, I'll maybe I'll wear that next but week. But the way your hair is parted, you would need the plastic part on the other side. Mm-hmm. They over here? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, Cornelius is bummed. 300 years of waiting for nothing. Uh, at this point, the president's like, hey, uh, your plan didn't work out, so we no longer need you. We're going to go the military route for this. Thanks. Thanks for your help, Cornelius. We'll keep you posted. See ya. Uh, but eventually like, they're like, wait a minute, we have a survivor in the crash site and it's just a hand, <laughs> but it has a live DNA in it or something because yeah. they can like with biotechnology build out whatever that is. Yeah. As long as there's living DNA, they can reconstruct the rest of the body with the technology they have. Yeah. So they're rushing to get this in, uh, the, the lead scientist who has a really weird name. It's like, uh, Meckleberg, Mackleberg. Mactelberg is like super excited. He's like, this this has 200,000 Mimo groups where humans only have 40. I can't wait to meet this freaking nature. <laughs> yeah. And this is Brian James, right? Uh, Brian guy, James is uh, General Monroe. The guy who gets slapped into the... Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's Brian James, yeah. Uh, they're like, this thing was... Every cell in this is perfect. It's almost like it was engineered from the ground up. So they put it in the, the reconstruction machine. It starts doing its work. The, the special effects on this are so dated, but the concept of the technology itself is really cool. It's really impressive. Yeah. I love the way it's like constructing bones by like building little pieces by piece. And then yes. it does that with the brain at one and point. And honestly, some of the effects in this movie are really crazy good. Like when he's, uh, just to fast forward, when he's running from the cops with Lilu, and he dives down through the traffic into the fog is his goal. Oh, yeah. Like that looks great. Uh, yeah. It looks like fucking Revenge of the Sith or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks great for the time, for sure. Which is only six years later, I think. But still. Still, yeah. I mean, there's a big leap between mid-90s and early aughts, for sure. You're competing with Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're competing with Lucas. Uh, but yeah, eventually, the, the body that is revealed that it reconstructs is a naked Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Because you think it's going to be one of the turtle people because that's what the hand looks like. But it reconstructs this, this beautiful human lady. And uh, General Monroe's like, you mind if I take some pictures for for the archives, for the archives? Like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Creep. Mm-hmm. It gets uh, worse. Oh, it's so worse. There's some there's some gross stuff in relation to what how people treat her. Uh, but yeah, she wakes up. She doesn't know what's going on. She speaks a different language. She speaks the language of the divine, right? And uh, she's freaking out. Monroe's like, "Hey, you better learn how to how to talk English." Or you can get out. Yeah. You're not going to let you immigrate here. <laughs> and she, she starts banging around on the on the glass. She, she wants to escape. And Monroe says something like, is that, is she, can she get out of there? And like, no, that thing's unbreakable. And she immediately like punches through it, grabs Monroe and like knocks him out and then breaks the rest of it. And we got ourselves a jailbreak. Mactoberg is in love. He loves it. Did you know, Joe, I'm sorry. Did you know, uh, I forgot to say this. Because I know you're a, a Jodorowsky fan. 
<laughs> sure, yeah. Jodorowsky, I mean, sort of, like you love the mythos of his almost Dune movie. I, I love, the, the dude fascinates me, yeah. He sued Luc Besson for plagiarism for this movie. Oh, did he really? Yeah, apparently he did a comic with uh, Jean Giraud called The Incal. Um, the case was dismissed in 2004 that only tiny fragments, on the grounds that only tiny fragments of the comic had been used. Um, oh, interesting. I'm, so yeah, I just think that was fascinating. And a lot of people are stealing Jodorowsky's ideas. <laughs> I know, poor guy. <laughs> this poor guy, like no one knows who he is, but he's like j- adjacent to all the biggest sci-fi films of the last 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> this poor fucking dude. Damn. Uh, did you know that the divine language is actually an, uh, an actual language that was invented by Luc Besson and uh, Milojovic helped create it as well? No. Um they so uh, uh, apparently Mila Jovovich speaks four languages already. So, oh, so she, she was great with linguistics. Yeah, she was yeah. great at linguistics, and they would talk to each other in the language in between takes, and they would write lo- letters to each other in the language to like keep practicing it. And they said by the end of filming, they could have full conversations without any references or anything in this made up language. Nerds, I know two people in the world know a language to each other. It's Luke Besson. Well, I'm sure there's some. Diehard Fifth Element fans out there that can now. I think I think I read that there's only actual there's only 400 words in the actual language, right? Uh, so I, I imagine you can't get too far. With it, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lilu escapes. Uh, it's at this point that like the police are involved, and I let, let me just say the police outfits are so stupid. They just got like a giant like chest size flashlight on their yeah. <laughs> on them, and they, they've got that goofy dumb helmet. helmet. But, but good I, for them, though, you know? Hey, Cab. I, I love it. <laughs> Might as well make a cop look stupid. That'll, I, think that, I think that could help a lot of things. Uh, but Lilu escapes. She sees this the city. The city looks amazing. It's so breathtaking. Uh, she eventually dives off the building. And I love how when she walks outside, the cop's like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. We need air support. Yeah. But she she dives off the building. She she flies down like 40 stories and crashes straight through the roof of Corbin Dallas's cab. Bada boom. Bada boom. Yeah, he turns around. He's like, any survivors back there? Are you all right? Are you getting? And then she she lifts up and it's a beautiful minute. And then you can immediately, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> What's up? Maybe the perfect woman really landed in my life. Why are you wearing duct tape? Weird. I like it though. And then, yeah, he kind of like, you got a big bada boom up there. It's like bada boom. And it's kind of this adorable thing. Yeah, it's a great back and forth. It's She's so endearing. But then the cops show up and he's like, oh, ah, damn it. I knew it was too good to be true. Sorry, girl. Got to better go with them. They're in charge. I only got five points. I only got five points on my license. And you crashed into the roof and knocked me down a peg, I'm sure. Uh, but she learns how to read in that moment. She sees like a Sarah McLaughlin-like flyer in the back of the cab <laughs> that says, please help. It's like a charity thing. And so she's like, please help. So, yeah, apparently she can read. Who knew? Well, she uh, does learn ridiculously fast because she's like catching up on 5,000 years of human history in the next scene. Sure, but I don't know if you can look at symbols and immediately understand what uh, phonetics go to that she, symbol. She's the fifth element, my guy. That's true. She is the fifth element. You're she, right. She's love. You got me there. She's perfect. Is that the fifth element is love? Yeah. Oh, wow. Captain Planet got assembled at the end of this movie. You love love. 
I love love. I do. Uh, but yeah, the, the police officer is doing his best scary voice, like, hand her over now. Um, but eventually her police for help. Dredd. That was Judge Dredd? Th- no, but that's another movie. It's a dirty sci-fi oh, movie. Oh, that is a, that's doity. <laughs> Sorry. It's very doity. But her, her cries for help eventually get to Corbin. He's like, he's oh, like God, God damn it. Kill me. And he takes off. Remind me of my cat. <laughs> Your eyes are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing white. My cat wears white. Here we go. Same thing. Uh, but yeah, this, this police chase starts. And I do love how, and this is the egregious product placement that's kind of funny. The McDonald's? Yeah, they're in this futuristic McDonald's. They're getting like, what do they call it? The golden meal or something. Yeah, and the McDonald's employees are like these supermodels who are wearing almost nothing. And the the cops like hitting on them. And the one guy's like, I'm very thirsty. Okay, I ain't going after this call because I'm mm. on my lunch break. All right. I got, I got right. And honestly, I get him. You know, he's on his lunch break. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't answer that call. It's like John Locke. But of course they kind of run into them. Like in the chase, they run into those two cops and it makes him spill his strings. Like, ah, I guess we're the only cops on the force. Let's chase him. Yeah. I was going to get my grimace shake. <laughs> you put the coup in your body. <laughs> I had a grimace shake. Did, is it I've good? Had, I've had three grimace shakes. Oh, you like them. I like them. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. We need to make one of garbage, those garbage, but I love it's horror good movies. Kind of garbage. Have you seen those, the Grimace Shake movies? Yeah. <laughs> it's people, they got like purple come out of their face. Like a. That's got to be, that should be us. Trends like that should be us. But I anyway. Know, I know. Uh, but yeah, the, the cops open fire on them. He's like, what the hell did you do to those guys? You know? And eventually, yeah, they dive into the fog to try to lose them. At one point, the, the, the McDonald's cops crash into a McDonald's truck. Yes. And the thing that I, that makes me laugh about that is, the McDonald's truck is full of combo meals that are already like pre-packed and made. So like the boxes and everything are on them. And it's like, that's not how, that's not how delivery trucks go. Maybe mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. Maybe or, in the future. This is 300 years later, man. Yeah. But yeah, they go into the, uh, the fog. They're kind of hiding out. They're kept their vertical. And she's like, Hey, uh, she needs, she needs to find Vito Cornelius Ian home. You know who we need to find Chris? Jesus. Oh, for sure. Especially after what you said in the Mission Impossible episode. <laughs> oh, my God. But also our patrons. We're going to thank our patrons for the month of June. They don't update until the first week of July. But we're grateful for everybody that contributes financially to our show. You are the reason the lights stay on. Thank you so much to Chester Copperpot, Stanton Valentino, Svento7, Pills, baby, Pills. Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Mafara, Kaylee Simpson, Rabbit Dog, Anna Barbie Carr, Jose Ruben Cruz, Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie Aaron Leighton, John Collins, Amanda King, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Dinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. And to pick this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward is not always clear. Like you never know. Sometimes I used to sell cars for a living and I hated that job, but I made good money. I was able to buy a house. I was gone from my family all the time. I would podcast whenever I could. I didn't get to see many movies. I worked every Thursday night. It was terrible, but I was like, I got to do this. I got stuck in the middle class grind where I was like, hey, this is what's right for my family. Me to be miserable. We feel like we're stuck. We don't know what to do. 
too. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, sometimes in a relationship or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And like I said, I had to have a lot of practice and it was talking through that stuff with someone else that helped me. And that's why you could find a therapist using BetterHelp that meshes with your values and the way that you see life in that perspective. And they can talk you through in a way that you find valuable and that you understand. So you can do it entirely online, get matched with a therapist like this that you enjoy, that you find value in. And if you find that it's not working, you can switch at any time. It's extremely easy to switch it. So just think about that. Think about how close you are to finding a therapist to better your entire life. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. We cut back to Corbin Dallas and Lilu. Kind of sounds like beep boop beep boop Lilu. Lilu. Lilu Lilu. Well, he asked for the shortened version of her name later. That's why her name's Lilu. Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, but uh, they, they go to Cornelius's apartment, they knock on the door and he opens and he's like, Oh, sorry, uh, weddings are one floor down. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, No, we're not here to get married. She's got a tattoo on her arm, and that the tattoo is our, our is the the four elements. The international symbol for the yeah, the elements. Yeah. He's got the belt buckle. Earth. Wind. He's like, Ooh, fire. Red, did you get this off Redbubble? They make tattoos now? Oh, hell yeah. I love Redbubble. Uh, and they're, they're shocked that he is a she, the perfect being is a woman. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Um, and Corbin's trying to wake her up because Cornelius is like, oh, I'm way underdressed to meet the supreme being. Sure. I got to go put on my fancy, my fancy priest robes. So he runs off and Corbin's trying to wake her up in the meantime because she's still passed out from before. And he does the creepy thing. This is my least favorite part of the movie. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like he can't get her to wake up. So he's like, oh, maybe I'll just kiss her. And so he leans in and kisses her. And to her benefit, she immediately puts a gun to his fucking head. (laughs) And says in uh, octagamut, which means never without my permission. Hell yeah. Yeah. Consent is still a thing in 2214, Corbin. Absolutely. <laughs> I shouldn't have kissed you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, but you did. Yeah. But uh, you did. That's prison Sir. time, my guy. You're going to lose a thousand points off your life. Maybe <laughs> maybe if this movie wasn't written by Luc Besson, it would be different. <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> it's, it's played like a playful, ah. Uh, uh, you got me. Uh, uh, you got me. I didn't ask for consent. Uh, um, you, ju- tricked, you tricked me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she says her name is Lilu Minai Lakariba Laminao Chai Ekbat Disabat. And he's like, you got the shortened version? I'm Corbin Dallas. Sure. Lilu. Sure. And then when, when she says her name is Lilu, he reacts as if you brought out a puppy and you're like, my puppy's name is Pickles. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. he goes, he goes, Lilu. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, name's... Corbin. He's like, that's his heart melts. Like, that's so goddamn adorable. (laughs) Fucking God. Uh, But yeah, eventually Cornelius shows up and he's like, I've got the key. We don't need you anymore, sir. Thank you for your service. See you. Goodbye. And that's when he finds out that what she told him was never without my permission. He's like, yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah. I was getting that vibe. I kind of figured that. Here's my card. 
Uh, but Corbin goes back to his apartment. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I forgot to pick up your cat food. Mm. He, didn't, he didn't feed that adorable cat. Dang, he sucks. He gets called from Finger, who's really upset about the cab. He's like, hey, man, what happened? You're supposed to come and bring the cab back, but you didn't. He's like, hey, sorry, Finger, got a big fare. He's like, oh, yeah? How big? About 5'9", long legs, <laughs> great skin. Redhead. <laughs> Won't let me kiss it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> or woke up. Oh, yeah. Could have kissed it, but she woke up. <laughs> uh, she got a name. Yes, Lilu. Yeah, it's it would this scene would have been far more endearing had he not tried to kiss her yeah. right before. Like if he was just smitten with her and he kind of gets into like, let me talk about girls with my buddy finger. It understandably provides a whole extra creepy vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we cut back to Lilu. She's with Cornelia. She's learning the last five thousand years of history that she missed out on. Uh, you know, it's the whole thing where like the images on the screen are just like going by incomprehensibly fast, but she's picking up on it. I do love her microwave chicken as someone who like only makes food in a microwave for the most part. I was like, Oh my God, that would be amazing. If you just walked up, put in a tray of nonsense, pressed a button and then immediately, immediately Chris, a rotisserie chicken, immediately dinged. You open it back up and a whole ass rotisserie chicken with seasoning and spices (laughs) and presentation came out. I don't even need the presentation. You know, I don't need it either, but I like that it's there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) If you're going to design something like this, you might as well put some garnishes on there and shit. And then she says in line, chicken good. (laughs) It is. It is very good. Uh, but this is when she like because Cornelius is freaking out like we don't have the stones. She's like, oh, don't worry about the stones. Those are those are uh, stolen. Those weren't on the ship. We can still get those. I know where those are at. Yeah. My so, buddy, my cousin Charles has got them. Charles. Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Charles. She said <laughs> Patrick Stewart from X-Men out of nowhere. It was Magneto going, Charles. Yeah. We got to get the mutant Charles. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody wants to steal it so they they hid the stones with someone they can trust and who who would possibly want to steal that mr zorg uh we get a, a shot of him he's walking down the one hallway that he owns which is sort of like a circular ha- hallway yeah it's nice and right arm his buddy played by tricky is uh or no it wasn't tricky it was a different dude right that was like dicky it was dicky it, <laughs> it was a little dicky uh he's saying like hey um Something happened where people were upset, and he's like, I suggest you lay off 500,000 people. And Zorg is like, make it one million. So he's like firing a ton of people. But I forget why they're firing people. Yeah, he's a fucking rampant capitalist, Steve. He is a rampant capitalist. And that's what he represents in this movie. But I love that uh, nice. That Corbin Dallas is one of the, the employees that he fired because he owns the cab company. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of fun little wrinkle. Uh, but a cab. Co- Cornelius is kind of reminded, oh, yeah, there was a guy who was asking me about the stones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, he was an art dealer. He walked with a limp. And Lily just starts changing clothes. And they're like, oh, 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 naked, boobies, naked, boobies. And they have like a joke like they really did make them the perfect person. Like, okay, guys, come on. <laughs> We've seen a woman before. Got asked, though, right? <laughs> Am I right? Perfect. Uh Aknot, the leader of the Mangalores, goes and meets with Zorg. My friend, Aknot, your time for revenge is at hand. Aknot, what you can do for... <laughs> no, that's good. That is good. Aknot, what you can do for Mangalore, <laughs> but what you can do for Mangalore. <laughs> or what Mangalore can do for... I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's like some sort of exchange. Like Zorg has created this gun, the ZF-1, 
and he and he goes through like the sales pitch of why the gun's awesome. It's got like a replay feature where like you you tag with one bullet and then every other bullet after that goes right for what you tagged. And he does this cool thing where he like just does a he just shoots at the Mangalores, but all the bullets fly back behind him and they all freak out. And, but the and the gun also comes with all the other Zord goodies, oldies but goodies. We got the flamethrower, <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Rocket launcher, ice cube system. Uh, and all of these these four crates of these guns can be the Mangalores to do their sort of like revolution if they brought him what he asked. What did, what did he ask for, Chris? He wants the motherfucking Grimace milkshake. <laughs> he wants the goo in him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is this comic. I don't remember. It's, this one frame of this comic has lived with me my whole life, but it's it's... I don't even know what the context was, but it's the grimace from McDonald's and he's in a wedding dress and he's got a knife in his chest and he's just going, why would you stab the grimace on his wedding day? And I don't know why. So every time they're like, it's grimace's birthday. I always think, why would you stab the grimace on his birthday (laughs) to get the goo in him? But he really wanted the stones. Yeah. He wanted the stones. So he opens up the case. This case is empty. Mm. The opposite of fool. That's right. He's not wrong. Uh, yeah. The, so apparently they took this case thinking that the stones would be in it, but the, the guardians, they actually gave the stone to someone they could trust. Plava and, Laguna. Plava Laguna. Yeah. And I love how uh, it cuts back to Lilu, who's like dot <laughs> and points on the map of where they can go to find the stones, where she would be at. The diva. It's the planet Flotson. Mm hmm. How are they going to get to the planet Flotsam? Uh, Zorg is super mad, uh, but the 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 Mangalores are like, hey, we did a lot of work. We feel like a little compensation is in order. order. And he's like, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll give you one of these cases instead of the four. How about that? That seems fair. And they, they're leaving, and he, he turns, Zorg turns to his buddy. And he's like, he's like, I hate honor. Honor's gotten a lot of, honor's never done anybody any good, but it's gotten a lot of people killed. But I, what I really like is a killer. You see, a real killer would have asked what the little red button on the bottom of the gun does. And then it cuts to the Mangalores and they're looking at the little red button and it explodes, presumably killing all of them except for Agnot. Yeah. Yeah. The priests are trying to figure out how to get to that dot. Um, Zorg's dude wants to get to the priest. Uh, we find out that Zorg's real name is Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, which... Why wouldn't it be? It's a great name. Yeah, because he un- inherited the plantation. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on my notes. I think the 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 the, the Mondashuans also inform Earth's government that the stones are with the opera singer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, right prior to this. But Zorg gets uh, the priest. So Cornelius, they, like Cornelius's uh, right arm, played by Tricky, brings Cornelius to him, and they have this sort of back and forth where Zorg's like, "You and I are on the same t- side," like. Look at this, look at this. He has like this metaphor of like, look at this glass, like it's peaceful, but it's boring. And then he knocks it over and destroys it. But at that moment, like all these little robots come out. He's like, look at all these little robots. They got a purpose now. And think of all the people who built those robots. They have a purpose now. It's capitalism, baby. Mm-hmm. You destroy things to create jobs is what we're saying. Gerbs. Gerbs. Let's lie about um, weapons of mass destruction and get that oil. Am I right? <laughs> or something or something we're just yeah. spitballing here we're spitballing uh but he kind of smugly takes a drink with a chair and he begins choking on it yeah and the movie could have ended like right here 
because Zorg is choking on Cherry. He's definitely dying. He's pressing all the buttons. No robots can help him. He's got this goofy little elephant pet in his desk that's just going, hey, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just a silly I little I bet that's elephant. your favorite character of all time. I love him. You're a puppet guy. I am a puppet guy. I, I, wanna, I want that puppet more in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he's actually holding it like I, how I hold Ellie. Yes. And I just, oh, he actually does like the pet. <laughs> That's his little buddy. Yeah, it's his old friend. It's the one he trusts. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for letting me out of my desk hole. <laughs> oh, you choking? That sucks. I did you get the goo in you? I know you wanted did it. You get, did you get the Grimace shake? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that goo in you. Uh, but yeah, so eventually Cornelius helps him out. He pats him on the back. You're a monster, Zorg. And Zorg res- responds with, oh, no. Oh, no. Hmm. My mother was mean to me. Oh, I'm a monster. We don't have time in this movie to tell you why. But he kicks Cornelius out. He says, you, you saved my life, Cornelius, so this time I will spare yours. And this man says he doesn't like honor. You know what I'm saying? He's got a little bit. He's just got a, a, a sprinkling. A, he's got a gentleman's handshake level of honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, but we cut back to the anomaly. It's gobbling up all the satellites in the system, all the communication satellites. Uh, and Zorg's buddy, uh, Tricky, has this like little RC... Cola? Uh, like cockroach that he's yes. controlling because they want to see what the government's up to. Uh, and the government kind of finds out, oh, Plava Laguna has, is this opera diva. She probably has a stone with her. And the president smashes the RC bug, which hurts Tricky's ears. Owie. Owie. Uh, we cut to... Oh, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. General Monroe is like, oh, we got to do... We got this mission where we got to get these stones from this person. Who are we going to do it? We, it's got to be someone we absolutely trust. And General Monroe's like, I know just the guy. Corbin Dallas multipass baby mm, multipass. <laughs> that's right that's his full name and I actually really like this scene where Corbin's having lunch there's a service there's this older older guy who has like a boat restaurant that I guess he just pilots up to the side of the building where your re- your apartment is and you can like open up the wall and you can just eat lunch and the guy will just chat with you yeah there's something very pleasant about that idea like that sounds nice yeah like let me just call up Mr. Kim and he's going to bring his boat, his, his, his boat right up here. And he's going to give me sage advice and wisdom. But he says like, Hey, I know you've been having a rough day. If you answer, you have to answer, or you're, uh, you're going to read that letter you just got guarantee you. It's going to be good news. I bet you lunch on it. And so he's, he's so, going to lunch. So he goes to Corbin house, gets the, the letter. He reads it. You are fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa got lunch. That's a good outlook, Mr. Corbin Dallas. <laughs> and then it's like my favorite shot of the movie actually is when Mr. Kim's boat is piloting away and you see the city behind it. It's just a very cool. Visual. Yeah. I like, love like that the shot. big effects of the city work well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corbin's mom calls him. She's mad. She's like, I labored you for nine months in my womb and this is how you treat me. He's like, ma, what are you talking about, ma? And she's like, you, you want a trip to that beautiful cruise, the flotsam paradise and you're not bringing your mother. And he's like, I didn't win no prize, mom. But apparently he did. He did. He did. This is when uh, General with Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. Ruby. Uh, General Monroe shows up to see Corbin. He's got like two other lackeys with him. He's like, "Hey man, heard you lost your job. Sucks. Got a mission for you though. When we need you to retrieve these four stones, Major Iceborg will accompany you." And everyone's like, "Ew, she gross." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's. A- oh, did you have more to say? No, oh, look, I was going to say something stupid about Iceborg. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> Lilo arrives and he's like, "Oh no, my the girl I'm smitten with is here. Uh, you guys gotta hide." And he like stuffs these three army generals into his 
It's such a goofy it's, scene. It's so silly. Like, we three of us can't fit in here. He's like, oh, no, you fit. And he, like, <laughs> shoves them all in. And he's like, oh, my girlfriend, she hates the cops. you got to hide. Basically. It's true. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but then he opens the door and Lilu's there, but Cornelius jumps out and holds him at gunpoint like, ah, I'm really, really sorry about this, Corbin, but we're on a mission to save the world. Uh, we need those tickets to get the flats in paradise because that's where the diva is going to be. And it's then when the, now the, the actual police show up. And so he's got to hide Lilu now. So he throws her in the, the, uh, the shower that raises up into the ceiling. And at some point he had taken his, was it him or somebody else that took his like, identification off of his door and slapped it on a different guy's door. I think it was him. Yeah. At some point someone does that. So they go to the, they're looking for him and they go to this other guy's door who like, they're like, put your hands on the wall. And he's like, eat me. <laughs> <laughs> and they put him in a body bag. <laughs> put, your, <laughs> put your hand on D's. <laughs> uh, no so, sense of humor. So the plan is tricky plans on abducting Corbin and then taking his place on the boat. So he thinks they got the police to arrest Corbin, but really he didn't. He did right. nothing. Uh, let's see. He did nothing. He Thanks did, you hammered he that home, nothing. Steve. Fuck that dude. Uh, the aliens, the Mangalores decide they're going to, you know, revenge is at hand. They're going to take the stones out. Well, but then we cut back to Corbin who's getting Lilu out of the shower, but there's an auto wash function when the, when the shower goes up. So she's, she's like, cold. she's cold and wet. You get some great Blade Runner saxophone playing in this scene. Uh, and well, I wish we got some some Lost Boys saxophone. And that guy just oh, popped out in his room. Yeah. Love that. What was, didn't that guy have a name, like Saxman or He's something? He's definitely got a name. I don't know. His mother gave him one. Mm. It's probably Carl. <laughs> Carl, get off the saxophone. Carl. <laughs> Carl. This whole movie, the original concept, was just this flotsam planet. Flaston. Um, and he was just supposed to be a random guy who actually did win tickets uh, and just got oh. caught up in the nonsense on this like pleasure planet. The original concept was that. I thought that's pretty neat. Pretty neat. That's pretty neat that they, they left that's a lot of it in. Nice tip. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Lilu's wet. Cornelius is strapped into the bed that got the plastic wrap and he almost dies. And he's like, oh man, I'm sorry. And he gets his tickets, and as they're leaving, he he opens the fridge back up, and like Monroe and the three other or the two other army people are like frozen to death. <laughs> they're yeah. not they're not dead, but they the would way, be. The way the scene plays out, it's like, wait, did he just casually kill them? Like, sorry guys, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh no, that'd be a much different movie if he if Corbin Dallas accidentally murdered three people in yeah, a match the fridge. He's yeah, panicking, running with with Lilo. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so then we get the the scene we've been talking about where, it, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. I missed something. Cornelius knocks Corbin out and steals the tickets and runs away with Lilu because mm-hmm. he's they're going to abscond onto the ship. Uh, we get the scene where. Because he's uh, obsessed with the supreme being. David, Cornelius's little altar boy, uh, is going to go with Lilu onto the ship because Cornelius is too old. He doesn't think he would be able to protect her. I don't know why he thinks David would either. David definitely can't. David's useless. Uh, and we get the Corbin Dallas multipass scene where they're trying to get onto the ship and they're showing her, showing the uh, stewardess their IDs. At this point, the real Corbin walks up behind. He's like, Hey, sorry, I'm late. Uh, you got to scram and pushes David away. And, uh, David goes and meets Cornelius. who's drunk at the bar. 
<laughs> I love the uh, the robot bartender that's just programmed to go, you want some more? That's the only thing they need to know at a bar is that you line. Want, you want some more? Yeah, and then we are closed. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you have an account open? <laughs> no, I do not have cigarettes. That's the only three things you need to be able to say at a bar. <laughs> this is the bathroom key. There you go. Please return. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. We get the the aliens that are trying to like everyone. We get this like whole lineup of people who keep walking up, pretending to be Corbin Dallas, but he's already made it onto the ship. Yes. So the Mangladors who are wearing like human skin suits show up, trying to pass as humans, but they can't. And so the police kind of get involved. Um, it's like an Edgar suit. Mm-hmm. And sugar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the aliens are shot at. Uh, Cornelius decides he, he has to make it onto the plane. So he's trying to sneak onto the plane. The, um, the, 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 with the tricky guy, he tries to get on as well, but you know, we've already had like three people try to do this and he's already on the ship. So we know it's not you. Zorg blows him up cause he's very disappointed. He doesn't like to be, uh, disappointed that he failed. The aliens get shot at and this whole time Corbin's on the ship. He gets kind of separated from Lilu. And this is where we meet Ruby rod. Ruby Rod, the hero. What an entrance for Ruby Rod. Yes. I love that. I always wanted that like staff cane. With a, with a mic on the one yes. and that shout out the red light. Yes. I love the scene where he's like walking. So he's doing a lot of walk and talk and there's like these little school girls that are waiting to get his autograph. And he's like, there's a dude standing with a paint bucket and a brush. He just like picks up the brush and just kind of like walks down the line and paints over their pictures and yes. that's his autograph. <laughs> Perfect. I didn't know so- he left that mark. It's so great because it, Ruby Rod, Chris Tucker, is so animated and over the top, and he's playing this DJ um, that everyone loves and thinks is like super sexy, and like all the women are fawning over him and stuff. And every time he tries to get like Corbin to say something, he's like, "Come on, guys, what do you have to say?" Hi. <laughs> he's not one for the attention. Yeah, he's not giving him any. He's not giving him anything. Um, all night long, you get that little bit. I love it. Uh, let's see. Corbin Dallas, Corbin Dallas, my guy. But he tells him like, Hey, uh, we're going to be live from 5 PM to 7 PM tomorrow. Uh, can you please, uh, have more than a two word vocabulary next time? You're making me look bad. But Corbin like chokes him out. It's like, I'm not going to do any of that. We green. Super green. Super green. (laughs) Which it means good, Steve. Oh, is that what it meant? I think so. I'm not, a, I'm not a linguist like Mila Jovovich. I thought he was like, we money? Yeah, we money. Cash money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they get into the, so that's like a, it's like a space shuttle that's going into space. Uh, and they have to like, have like a sleep regulator system where they get mm-hmm. sleep. Cause it's a long way, but they drive there. Uh, there's like this weird thing where Ruby Rod is um, doing a sex with one of the stewardesses. She's while, doing a sex. Yeah. And you get like her legs rising up as the, the ship's taken off and mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's, it's a choice. Uh, and then we get into the actual, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The anomaly starts sending a radio wavelength. They don't know what it is, but it's actually a direct phone call to Zorg. Zorg, Zorg is in direct communication with the anomaly that he calls Mr. Shadow. I am evil. I know, I, man. That's cool. That's cool, man. Uh, but my costs have tripled. Yeah. He's I like, don't have money. Yeah, I have sh- evil. Sure. I'm going to destroy literally everything. Including <laughs> you. I don't understand. <laughs> why you think this is a good idea. You got pudding dripping out of your face now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zorg's very scared. He, he realized like he has to take care of this himself because his buddy failed and he needs to get them stones, baby. Mm-hmm. It's a space cruise. Everyone's there. Lilu wakes up a little bit before uh, Corbin and she kind of makes her way out. Uh, 
looks like Casa Bonita up in that shit. You know what I'm saying? It looks crazy. Uh, Ruby Rod has the ticket to the opera because they need to go to the opera where the diva is going to be playing. Uh, Plava, Plava Laguna. Plava Laguna. Plava Laguna. Um, so epic looking alien. Right? Such a cool design. Um, we see the alien arrive with her entourage. There's this like air of mystique about her. Everyone's kind of nervous because she's so cool and tall. And uh, Ruby Rod comes comes back and fetches Corbin so they can go to the, the opera. Coming at you live for two hours with Corbin Dallas. Corbin, my man. And he's talking about all the celebrities that are in the opera with them. There's like a, a deaf guy named Ray. Um, there's like some uh, emperor's uh, uh, child is there, you know. Everyone who's anybody is here, right? And then we get the uh, the opera scene. And we can see Plava Laguna. Iconic. This really is the most, I think, iconic moment of the movie. It's what George, George Lucas thought he was doing with the special editions <laughs> of the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. When he added the singer to the... Well, I mean, it's so beautiful. Like, you got this, like, really tall, blue, tentacle lady belting it out. Go this on. Beautiful... <laughs> step on me. <laughs> uh, and belting it out in this beautiful operatic... You know, voice. Yes, it's 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 hauntingly beautiful. It's actually probably like the most incredible thing and, about the movie. And very sad when she dies. Like even yes. though you barely know her, incredibly. It seems sad. like this like super rare being has just been like a unicorn was just shot in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And like th- the song is actually stirring Corbin. Like he, he's like almost crying, like watching her sing. And I did see. I saw. I was looking at IMDb, and they're saying that. Uh, uh, composer Eric Serra and in- Inva Mula. Inva Mula is the actual, the dubbing singer. Yeah. Um, I guess the way they wrote the song, she's like, the hum- humans can't sing this. And so they had, she had to sing each note individually and then they put them together in post. And that's, and that's why, because she's an alien singer. So she should be able to sing yeah. in a way that humans can. I just thought that was cool that they, Christina Aguilera they could do it. Oh, could she? I think so. Mm. I think you're right. Yeah. She could. Dirty. I was about to say. I was about to say she's dirty. Uh, but while this is going on, the aliens kind of break into her quarters. They shoot up her entourage. It's kind of messed up. Lilu, who has been told by her to wait outside for the concert to get the stones, is like, "Oh shit! I got to go in there and stop this." So she starts. She, uh, she she kind of confronts the aliens, and they're fighting. They're, and this is like a silly comedy fight, right? Like yeah. she makes these guys look like punks. It's filmed, I think, in a way where it's supposed to be funny. I love the part where like she's rearing her fist up to punch the one and this other guy's sneaking up behind her. And then before she does, she's like, punch, punch, and like gets them both. Yeah. It's kind of funny. She's a supreme being. Double punch. Supreme being. She kicks a sword in half at one point, Chris. You keep saying supreme and I, I'm so hungry. You want a taco supreme? Or a pizza. Even. Ooh, a supreme pizza? Yeah. Okay. Something. Hell yeah. Supreme. Uh, when we're done with this, I'm going to be door dashing for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, at this point, she, uh, uh, Plava Laguna gets a standing O. Uh, the aliens are like, if it's war, they want war, they'll get. So they decide like, hey, we're not going to just try to bust up into this diva's room. We're going to take the whole entire ship hostage now. All right. All right. At the same time, Zorg arrives. Um uh, oh, he right. He gets into the room with uh, Lilu, and he's like, "Hand over the stones," and she throws them at him. He starts shooting at her. She hides in the duck. She gets hit a couple times. It's very sad and scary. Uh, the aliens bust into the security. 
uh, Cor- Cornelius is there. Assuming he got caught as a stowaway and he's been held there this whole time. But they take over security and then they start terrorizing the opera. They break in. They're taking hostages. At one point, Plava Laguna is shot. And it's very sad, like we mentioned. And Corbin kind of brings her off the stage to try to save her. Uh, and th- they're taking all the people out of the opera, but the only people left in the, in the uh, what do you call that? The stadium, the theater, sure. the room yeah. is Ruby and uh, Corbin Dallas. Plava Laguna tells him that Lilu needs his help and his love or she will die. Oh, no. I love love. It's just Chris. like my cat. Y- your cat needs. That's you. what Dallas is thinking. Oh, it's just all. I didn't remember because he didn't feed it. That's true. That guy's probably dead. He's like, oh, shit. We don't see that cat ever again. <laughs> uh, but Zorg, he's got the case that he thinks is full of stones. Again. He, get, he gets back onto his ship. He opens up the case and he closes it. And he's got this big shitting grin on his face that's morphs into him crying. They're not there. <laughs> They're not there. Uh, the, and that's because the stones are literally in Palava Laguna. Yes. She keistered them. She she keys them for sure, and and Corbin Dallas has to reach his fingers into her bullet hole and pull out the stones one by one. I'm so glad she got shot there. Well, <laughs> what would he have done if if she got shot like in the head or something, or not at all, or not at all? Yeah, Which booty like, hole. I need to go to a restroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't usually store them here, but I, didn't, I thought they were going to search me on the boat. <laughs> I didn't want somebody to get them. Uh, this is when we get the Corbin Ruby team up. I love this team up because like another Mangalore comes over and Corbin kind of throws him on the ground and puts a gun to his head. And he's like, Ruby, hold the gun. He's like, what am I supposed to do? What do I do? <laughs> and then at one point there's like a loud noise or something and it scares Ruby to shoot. Yeah. And he's like, oh my man, you think he's okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. But he tells, uh, he, he puts a stone in the bag, hands into Ruby. He's like, you got to protect this with your life. And that's when Corbin starts the big ass shootout with the Mangalorians. He busts into the lobby and this is dope. Actually, there's like so many explosions and papers flying in the air. It's classic nineties action, but like to the 10th degree. Yeah. I think at the time the explosion that happens was like the largest indoor explosion ever filmed at that time. It's since been surpassed plenty of times. Most expensive European movie ever made at this point. Yeah. $90 million budget. Uh, the president's kind of mad that this is supposed to be a discreet operation because the whole time this is happen, happening, Ruby Rod is, uh, you know, his show is live. Yeah. So he's broadcasting everything. And that's why the president's kind of mad. Like, I thought this was going to be discreet. It's not. Uh, Corbin takes cover behind a bar. They're kind of shooting at him. He tries to get a gun from Ray, the deaf guy. <laughs> he's like, Ray, give me the gun. Yeah, Ray, give me the gun. And just kind of like rolls like a couple billiard balls at him. And I, lo- I love the beat where the balls like roll over, hit him. The camera pans up to Bruce Willis and he just kind of looks over. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. And then they blow up the uh, the bar that he's behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts the whole like, no, no, don't shoot. I'm not armed. I'm on vacation. You guys got it all wrong. And he catapults the dude into the ceiling where Ruby's at. Ruby's like hitting him and that dude's like shooting in fear and he kind of takes out most of his own guys. And... Um, yeah, Ruby's screaming a ton. He's just screaming a lot. Ah! Uh, Zorg. Oh, who sets a bomb? Is this where Zorg sets his bomb right here? Yeah, Zorg shows up, like shoots Lilu and starts a time bomb. That's right. Yeah, so there's a time bomb going down. Uh, and th- so they eventually clear out the lobby and they're like, we need to go take the security. But he had already back. started the time bomb earlier. He did. Yeah, I didn't mention that before. 
Um, so, so he deactivates the bomb when he comes back. But he hasn't deactivated it yet. Right. Right. So the bomb's still going. It's, it's ticking down. So it's like a 20-minute timer. Uh, Corbin and Ruby go to the security offices. Cornelius is being held hostage with a bunch of other, other security people. And the security of the ship, like, are very ill-equipped to do this. And, like, how many guys are in there? How many guns? Oh, I don't know. And Corbin, like, peeks his head around for, like, a split second. Seven on the right, 12 on the left, or whatever. He's like, a Medal of Honor. He's he's a Medal of Honor guy. He knows it. And he, like, peeks around again, shoots a couple times. Make that four on the right, three on the left. And they, they have this thing where, like, Mangalores will not fight if they don't have a leader. So he just... The, and, and serendipitously, Agnon's like, I am the leader. We, we want to negotiate. And he puts a gun to Cornelius's head. So Corbin pops out from around the corner, just, just bullseye, bullseyes him. It's nuts. <laughs> nuts. It's nuts. And I love how Cornelius later is like, wow, like, zoop, and like does yeah. the right between the eyes yeah. motion. That was my, one of my favorite parts as a little zoop. kid. This is um, how I felt. Oh, there's a, so there's a different bomb. Like one of the Mangalores made a bomb. Yeah, so he deactivates his bomb, but the dying Mangalore sets off his own, which destroys the hotel and kills Zorg. Yeah, because, okay, this is where my notes are. So they run back into the diva's room to try to find Lilu because they use yes. the security offices to find that she's in there. They run in there. He pulls her out of the, the vents. At this point, this is when Ruby spots the bomb that's still ticking down. Yeah. And he's like, my man, my man, my man, what's that? What's that? What's that? Cornelius looks at it. It's a bomb. It's so cartoony and silly. Uh, and they're like, wait a minute. This can't be a bomb. If this was a bomb, all the bomb sensors would go off on the ship. And then right as he says that, the bomb sensors go off on the ship. Because for some reason, they haven't gone off yet. Who knows why? Um, they had to be spoken into existence. Yeah. And this is when Zorg flies back to the ship because he had left with what he thought was the stones. Yes. They weren't there. He flies back into the ship, kills some more security guys. There's this really fun instance where Corbin and crew get into an elevator right as Zorg is exiting the elevator, going into the same room. And this is a very fun fact about this movie is that the hero, Corbin Dallas, and the villain, Zorg, never actually meet nor do they communicate with each other. And they're, for the most part, unaware of each other doing anything. Yeah. Like, is, Corbin knows nothing about Zorg. interesting, yeah. And Zorg was only maybe even mildly aware of Corbin because technically he was an employee of his that he fired, but, like, not directly. Right. And and that's just kind of a very neat thing about this movie, that the the hero and villain literally have nothing to do with each other and are barely aware of I each other. I never other's thought existence. of it like that, but that's so fucking weird. You're right. So, they, so everyone's, like, evacuating the ship, uh, Zorg goes into the diva's room again. He disarms his own bomb. It's kind of scary. Uh, but right at that moment, there's like, I think, is it Aknot or some of the other aliens is like for the honor. And he activates a completely separate bomb. That's also in the, in the yes, room, which is funny bomb. that Zorg was like, man, I hate honor. It only kills people. And he's literally killed by honor. honor. Um, and yeah, he sees the bomb. It only has a five second timer. Oh no. And it blows up. But fortunately for Corbin and crew, they had actually gotten into Zorg's ship that he parked and took off in his ship. Took his private cruiser out, man. <laughs> so as they're flying, um, they're going to go back to Earth so they can do the the, the ritual to destroy to the David anomaly. at the temple because he's been prepping shit. Yeah, he didn't want to go to Egypt, but he went. And Lilu is still doing her learning stuff. Oh, there's a lot of good words in V. Valiant, vulnerable, very beautiful. Vagine. Vagine. <laughs> 
That's one of my favorite words. Uh, the president and team are like celebrating because it's like, yay, we got the stones. All is well. Hell yeah. But we have a problem. The anomaly has now started moving. It's headed to Earth really, really quickly. Uh, it'll arrive at Earth and destroy Earth in an hour and 57 minutes. Do or die. Uh, they, I, I do like the line when they call Corbin. They tell him that. And Corbin goes, I'll call you back in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> So cheesy. And it's at this point that Lilu's kind of doing more of her uh, historical research. And she just decides this now would be a good time to research this topic of war. <laughs> and of course, w- what is it good for, Chris? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Oh, wow. um, and it makes her sad. She sees a nuclear bomb. She's kind of having a crisis of faith. Like, is humanity worth saving? I get it. If all they create are things that destroy. Yes. Are they really worth it? She's giving up on life. But they make it into the ritual chamber. She's still kind of out of it. Uh, Cornelius is like, theoretically, I know how, th- how this works, but I've never seen it done before. They, they really don't know what they're doing. They, they match all the stone symbols with the symbols on like the, the diocese. It's like that a video on. game. That's what I would do. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, okay, how do you open the stones? Um, wind blows, fire burns, rain falls. Leela's pretty out of it. So they're like, actually talking crazy. Uh, so they all split up, David, Cornelius, Corbin, and Ruby. And they all take a stone and they're trying to figure out how do I open, how do I open these stones? And David of all people is the one, he's got the wind stone and he's like, we're all going to die. <sighs> and him blowing on the stone opened it up. Bang. Wind so, baby. So that's when uh, Cornelius like takes the sweat off his brow and pours it on his stone water that opens up. What if he peed on it? That'd have been better. That would have been better. Uh, David like just hawks sand on top of the ground one and that makes it open, which is kind of funny. Like, makes sense. Why isn't that thing always open? Right. Uh, and then Ruby's freaking out because he's got fire. And Ruby's like, Corbin, fire, my fire, man. Fire, fire, I fire, fire. I, I got no fire. I got no fire. Uh, fortunately, Corbin has one match left <sighs> in his matchbook and they really make a meal out of this. Like he, he strikes the match and they're like, don't breathe. And you really follow that light as it's going down and it starts to go out. And they're like, oh, <gasps> And then he quickly goes, swipe. He just swipes the the flame on the stone for just a fraction of a second. But that opens it up. That's just enough. And uh, yeah, so eventually they they get Lilu in the middle and they're like, Lilu, we need you to to do your thing. I promise I'll take you on vacation. And that's when she's like, what, what, what's even worth it? What what are, what are some good things for saving? And he's like, love, love's worth saving. She's like, I don't know love. I don't know what love is. And uh, he tells her, well, I love you. And I guess she loves him back because then they start kissing. And I guess she allowed it this time. The fifth element is love. Consensual love. The fifth element is consensual love. The fifth element is consent. Oh, yes. I like that better. God damn it. God damn I like that better. But she like, they kiss and then she erupts in light and the light shoots out towards the anomaly that's racing the earth and turns it into uh, a dead moon. Defeating the fucking evil. We defeated evil with love, baby. Mm hmm. I love love. I love love. Uh, a few days later, we're back at the uh, science lab where Lilu was created, and the president and General Monroe are there. They want to they want to meet Corbin Dallas and Lilu and thank them for saving the world. Uh, but they were apparently on the journey. They were so tired that the 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 scientist was like, "Oh, why don't you sleep in the the recovery cre- chamber, the recovery chamber for a little bit?" I'm like, "Oh, well, wake him up. We want to talk to him. I'm very busy. I'm the president." And so the scientist goes over, he opens the door and he's like, Oop, and he closes it again. He's like, uh, they're not, uh, they're, they're doing the sex ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, at that point, Corbin's mom calls his phone and then they start passing him, passing her phone off to everyone because she's just yelling. Nobody, at wants, to talk to Nobody that lady. wants to talk to her. And then we go into the pod and realize they are doing the sex. They're kissing. They're making out in the blue light. We get this like love is blind a song or whatever that's going on. And then we get a freeze frame. Got to have one. Got Freeze frame. Don't, 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 don't you. Oh, forget about forget me. Forget about me. And that's how we end the movie. They Fist make it in a the sex. air. Judd Hirsch is fucking harsh. Yeah. Smoke him up, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Judd Nelson? Well, isn't that what he says? Like, why is his old man's mean to him? Yeah. Club? I just said the wrong Judd. But yeah, that's that's the fifth element, man. Thank you, Enza. Not only for your many years of supporting Steve and I doing our dumb shit. Your many years of friendship. But yeah, just being a good person in general. But also making me watch The Fifth Element again this week. One of my favorite childhood movies uh, that inspired so many people to be creators and other sci-fi movies. Absolutely had a fucking blast. And even though I'm a little weary, I'm a little tired. Eight hours into our microphone love sesh. (laughs) That we have every Sunday. I couldn't be more happy and grateful for you folks for listening. If you want to suggest movies for us to watch, nay, mandate. You got to become a patron. Mm-hmm. We've got next week is Ants. 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 But ants. we've got a good 25 movies down the roster. We've we already got scheduled out. We literally, we're so fortunate to have enough people who support us at that tier specifically and in general. But we have enough people mandating films that literally carries us through the end of the year. That's how many films we have backlogged. And I recently posted those on uh, Discord, the schedule. Um, I'll probably throw that up on Patreon as well so people on Patreon can who, who don't have access to Discord can see the schedule as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. So we're grateful. Thank you, folks, so damn much. I hope you have a great holiday week uh, if you're in America. And uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you very much. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Kit. And my name is Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Don't, 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 don't you forget, forget about me. me. Don't, 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 don't. I, I got a cramp in my anus so bad. <laughs>